Hello, and welcome to This Thing Called Life, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories about acts of giving, kindness, compassion, and humanity. Your host, Andy Johnson, will introduce you to powerful stories about organ, eye, and tissue donation from individuals, families, and healthcare teams whose experiences will inspire you and remind you that while life is hard, unpredictable, and imperfect, it's also beautiful. We are so happy you're here. Now, let's join the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this thing called life. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, and I want to thank you so much for listening. As we finish up our series, The Donation Process Through the Lens of the OPO, where we've explored how the donation process works, the different departments and people involved within the Organ Procurement Organization, or the OPO, I have one more position that we're going to discuss as we round out this really great conversation that we've had over the last several weeks. We've talked to people in every department as each plays a critical role in the donation value chain. And you can check out those episodes and other episodes on our website at lifepassiton.org or wherever you listen to your podcasts. As an OPO, we work with many different entities to facilitate the donation process. It takes entire community. It takes our hospitals. It takes the hospice staff, you know, where patients pass away, the transplant centers, where organ transplants occur for patients who are on the brink of death and need a life-saving organ transplant, the OPO who facilitates the recovery of organ, eye, and tissue, the United Network of Organ Sharing, or UNOS, which houses the transplant list, the tissue processors who provide tissue to various medical practices for transplant. And then sometimes the coroner is involved, depending on the manner of death. And then finally, there's the funeral home, who the OPO works very closely with. The bookends of this process are the people who designate themselves to be donors or their family members who make the decision. This life-saving and life-changing gift begins with yes. So the purpose of this series is twofold. We want to explain more about the OPO's role and functionality so that you understand how the gifts of organ, eye, and tissue donation come to be and the intricacies of this life-saving and life-healing process. And also, maybe you're considering a career change. Maybe you're, you're feeling that tug or that pull to move into something that may have more meaning for you, a way to give back. Well, this is a tremendous pathway to do that. Um, it's in the healthcare realm. And it's very gratifying work, very mission-focused work. So we want you to learn more about every aspect of what we do. So again, we're just excited to have you listening. I'm really excited to introduce my new or my next guest, uh, who is new to the OPO world. Please welcome our Chief Administration Officer, Tracy Shelton. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Andy. (laughs) Glad to be here. Thank you. We're glad to have you. So. You've been here all of 90 days. That's correct. (laughs) It's been fun. It's been fun and probably a bit of a whirlwind, if I had to guess. Why don't you've had an extensive history in healthcare, a career. And so can you just talk about kind of your journey and what led you to this? Sure. I would love to, Andy. And thanks for having me today. This is great. It's been a great 90 plus days. 
the team here at Life Center is unparalleled. Like you said, I've worked a long time in healthcare. I'm a nurse by background, and I've held a lot of leadership roles through the years at various really, really high-performing hospitals in the area. Worked at St. Elizabeth Healthcare Mm -hmm. uh, for almost 20 years. I've worked at UC Health, which was awesome, our level one trauma center, and uh, most recently came to Life Center. And Life Center for me has been kind of the opportunity of a lifetime. When you look at the level of engagement that we have here, the mission-driven focus, and really just the life-saving work. I came in at a really opportune time. I got to go to our community breakfast right off the bat. And the stories are just powerful. And I, my first time that I came in, I thought, why are all these Kleenexes here? <laughs> <laughs> and after you're there and you hear the stories... Mm-hmm. It's stories that have some tears and sorrow, but there's also the life-giving gift that kind of brings it full circle and honoring our donors and then seeing how other people's lives are saved through donation has been great. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got here mm-hmm. and really looking forward to what we're going to do as a team. Well, I know personally, and I can also speak for others, within the organization. We're really happy that you're here. How has it been, you know, you've worked in these larger hospital settings, Mm -hmm. transitioning to really a much smaller, probably less bureaucratic if I had to guess, (laughs) but what's that transition been like? There has been some differences. Mm -hmm. I remember on interview being asked about that, but from my viewpoint, one of the benefits of coming into a smaller organization has been being able to have that one-on-one relationship with a lot more people Mm -hmm. and be able to find out what each department does and dig into the processes. The OPO world is similar to a lot of things you face in healthcare, but yet it's different. Mm -hmm. And there's regulations and that's kind of been my specialty. So that part I'm very familiar with. The leadership roles, it's very similar, but the mission and the people. I People have been so kind to me. I have been embraced. Mm-hmm. I've been checked on. I've been given <laughs> gifts. I've been, it's just been wonderful. My first day when I came in, there was flowers on my desk Aww. and um, a real nice welcome sign. So it's been great. Which and, I heard your colleague did not get. If <laughs> I sore subject, sore yeah. subject. <laughs> Somehow I got those flowers. <laughs> so, and it kind of, feels like I've been here longer than I've been here. And that's really great. It's one of these type of opportunities that when I get up on in the morning, I'm anxious to come in. Right. I really love my job. Yeah. And that's because of the people mm-hmm. and because of our mission. Yes. So it's been really good. Completely agree with you. And I think too, that what I enjoy and is that no day is ever the same. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good, bad, or ugly. No day is ever going to be the same. And so that, I don't know, that's just for me, it's just always kept me like coming back and engaged and like, okay, what are we tackling today? Right. And, you know, I was talking to a colleague earlier today and there's this analogy out there that if you're in a boat and you're sinking and there's lots of holes, (laughs) uh, which we could feel like that on any given day, Mm -hmm. who would you want with you in that boat, right? Mm -hmm. Who would you want that could logically think our way through that and dig in and take a bucket and try to taking the water out while we're figuring it out. And 
I would want the leadership team here at Life Center. We've just got a tremendous, skilled, dedicated team. So I want that team with me in my boat. And Mm -hmm. so I'm really fortunate to have the colleagues and the connections here. So one of the things that was important as I was coming in is to uh, make sure that I could add value. Mm -hmm. And so that's still a really important goal of mine is to make sure that I can add value and support our mission and support all of our teams. Absolutely. I feel like we're already feeling that across the organization. So it's the way that you show up every day and engage with staff and just, it's just like comes from a very genuine place. And so it's just, it's been great. It's really, it really, really has. So can you walk us through what a typical day is for the chief administration officer. (laughs) (laughs) Who reports, like who reports to you and just what does your day look like? As we know, it could look different every day, but... (laughs) That's a great question. So, you know, I'm always start out with lots of emails, much like you probably do. So, and in any given day, phone calls. I love, you know, (laughs) love my teams. I always keep an open door. They may be calling me with, I think I've had three or four calls today with the weather reports that we had. Mm. And then I have... Currently, I have finance, which is wonderful. That has been a real learning experience. And our executive director, Barry, is an excellent (laughs) chief finance officer. Yes. So getting to learn from that team has been great. Mm -hmm. And then I also have HR, Mm -hmm. as you know, which is a great fit for me because you look at the culture of the organization. There's a lot of opportunity with human resources Mm -hmm. to support that and grow. Mm-hmm. So I, I really am appreciating that. Then I have our whole quality team and that's my background. Right. So I feel very comfortable there. That team is a high performing team and they also reach across the whole organization. And so it's really important for that team to have good customer service skills. Mm-hmm. And I try to follow the Sam Walton <laughs> Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably know this one, his 10 foot rule. Mm-hmm. If I'm within 10 foot of you, I will greet you. <laughs> if you're, if it's 20 feet, I would have to yell. And that would be rude. <laughs> and, you know, I think as leaders, it's important for us to initiate those conversations, not wait on others, you right. know, it's sort of our obligation and our, our privilege to initiate that. And I have the quality team. And then I also have business intelligence, sort of the data analytics side. And that really pairs well with the quality. And, very fortunate in this role to get to work with a lot of the clinical teams as well. We are working on a project right now and we have been, um, we're going to go on site and do a few things at a few of the hospitals. So my clinical background really does come into play. Mm -hmm. So it's been a great blend of getting to work on some new things, but use skills that I already had Mm -hmm. to support some of our other processes. Mm -hmm. So that's my typical day. Always someone comes by and makes me laugh. If that helps you know how my day goes. and um, Or you come by and make us laugh. I like. hope so. I hope so. We had that opportunity to have that really good conversation yesterday yeah. about we spend a lot of time at work and it's really important that we can have some enjoyment there. Yes. And I think we do a good job of that here. I think so. I think so. I think given just nature of the work, it can be heavy at times. It can be intense at times. Yeah. And you need that levity. You need that like, okay, let's lighten it up. Let's whatever it is. And that we and be able to laugh together 
I think it's a great kind of equalizer when you're just dealing with some hard things, quite frankly. Yeah. And I've just in my short tenure, as I've started to look at a lot of our processes, it's amazing what people really do every day, Mm -hmm. what really goes on here and the level of professionalism and work that Mm -hmm. we accomplish. I think we don't boast on ourselves. So sometimes you just don't realize all that goes on here. So, you know, our tissue, we had some numbers at the end of the year that just knocked it out of the park. Right. And so, you know, and then I've, I've had the opportunity to network with a lot of our donor families and that has just been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. That's been the icing on the cake. Yes. Yeah. It's been great. They're just amazing, amazing people. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times I've, I have one of the best jobs here because I get to interact with our donor families and recipients. And that's always like you were talking about the community breakfast, but like that's always, that brings you back to your why. So if you you could be having the worst day or whatever's happening, but that just kind of gets you back and centered as to why we do this and why we are so passionate. And it's been really enlightening for me to see how connected Life Center is with our donor families Mm -hmm. and how important we've been to them as much as they have been to us. Mm -hmm. It's a very reciprocal relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that has been healthcare. You you sort of see the transplant side. Right. But uh, working in the OPO has just let me see just the importance of this work. Mm -hmm. And had the opportunity to go to AOPO and meet other folks and other leaders. And I will say our OPOs are knocking it out of the park across Mm the spectrum. So proud to be a part of this community. Absolutely. What would you say to someone who's listening and like, wow, that just sounds like a really amazing job, what Tracy's doing. What do you see as being necessary skills to have to become Tracy Shelton 2.0. I would say, you know, as we look at working at Life Center, you know, we always have the objective to have a diverse pool people working here. And that's important to us. And we also accept people from different educational backgrounds, which Mm -hmm. is really great. You don't necessarily have to have the healthcare background to work here. It does help in certain roles. I also think that when I look at the hundred plus people that we have here, one of the commonalities that we see across the board is people that care about people and really do care to make a difference mm-hmm. and kind of be supportive of a mission. Mm-hmm. And so if you're that type of person, you're gonna you would fit in wonderfully at Life Center. There's some educational things you could do to prepare as well. But at the end of the day, the, the success in an OPO depends upon your commitment. Mm-hmm. to organ, mm-hmm. tissue, eye yep. donation. Right. You know, what has struck me about just working with you in the short time that we have is just you're very relational with everybody that you encounter. And you have such this leadership skill set. It's a quiet kind of confidence. I, I don't know. I never, I can't put my finger on it, but is that something that's just been innate in you? Is it something that's just kind of evolved throughout your career? Can you talk a little bit about that? So that's a good question. I do think that I've really been fortunate. I've had lots of good mentors 
in nursing, outside of nursing. I've had physician mentors. I've had attorneys that mentored me in different roles Mm -hmm. through the years. And one of the things that I was told early on as a young leader, because, you know, when you're young, you're very driven and you're very, you know, anxious to do the next task. But I was told early on, you have what it takes. And I will use the same phrase with my team sometimes. Mm -hmm. You have what it takes. You have the leadership skills. Just be. I love that. And so I try to kind of remind myself of that. Just be. I love that. And so some of it's development, probably Mm -hmm. some of it's innate. My teams have taught me how to be a better leader. Mm -hmm. When I'm interacting with my teams and I'm looking at them and trying to use emotional intelligence to figure out how they're feeling, I take those cues Mm -hmm. and I take them seriously. And, you know, if I feel like I've got a team member that's maybe struggling, I'll even loop back with them Mm -hmm. and check in on them to see if they're okay. Because I've really had some good teams that I've been able to work with through the years. And the one commonality when you have a really good team is not necessarily skill sets, but it's the ability for the team to communicate well and have that feeling that we can rely on each other. Mm -hmm. Once you get that, you can accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. And then the leaders just, they're just there. Right, right. (laughs) It's the teams that make everything great. So completely agree, completely agree. So are there any other thoughts that you want to share as we wind down our time together? I just want to say thank you, Andy, to you and your team. You're a natural. So I could have asked you that same question, Andy. How do you do this with just seem, it seems like you're effortless, but I know that you have the natural skills and that you probably also had a lot of training as well. Yeah. And some failures, which I think that comes with it, right? You know, that's how you learn and grow. Yeah. We talked about that yesterday, didn't we? we? And we said the failures, our failures don't define us. What's the saying? We don't lose. We either win or learn. learn. That's it. We win or learn, right? That's so true. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So, well, I want to thank you for joining us today. And I want to thank you for joining Life Center. (laughs) I think it's the best decision that, you know, you could have made. It's my great privilege and honor to work with you. Thank you. Glad I joined Life Center too. Yes. Yes. So thank you again to our guest, Tracy Shelton, Chief Administration Officer at Life Center. And as we end today, I want to remind our listeners that there are 104,398 men, women, and children who need a life-saving organ transplant. And 21 of those people will die today because the organ they needed was not available. So what can you do to help? If you're not registered, I encourage you to seek out the information, seek out the truth, Do your research to learn what being a donor truly means. Speak with a medical professional or someone who has gone through the experience as either a donor family member, a recipient, or a living donor. And if you've thought about registering to be an organized tissue donor, you can do it today. Very simply, you can visit lifepassiton.org or registerme.org. And then there's always the option for so many people to be a living kidney donor which is a tremendous, tremendous act of kindness to help a fellow human being in need of a life-saving kidney transplant. And this is especially important because the vast majority on the national wait list, almost 90,000 people need a life-saving kidney transplant. So let me say that again, almost 90,000 people today 
in this country need a life-saving kidney transplant. So the change can begin with us. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Again, I want to thank Tracy for joining me. And I just want to remind everyone to please be kind to yourself and to others. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Life Center. You have the potential to help save and enhance the lives of others, those who suffer from chronic illness or the effects of traumatic events. Statistics have shown that a new name is added to the national waiting list every 10 minutes. You have the opportunity to help others and save lives. You have the power to donate life. By designating your decision to become a donor, you have the opportunity to change the lives of many and save up to eight lives. Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana say yes to donation by registering to become an organ, eye, or tissue donor today. Go to lifepassiton.org for more information. Thanks to Life Center for their continued support. Thank you for listening to This Thing Called Life. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcast to make sure you get updates on all new episodes. And we would truly appreciate it if you would share, like, or give us a review to help us grow.